part nineteen of anne severn and the fieldings by may sinclair this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part nineteen anne and elliot chapter one she knew what she would do now she would go away and never see gerald again never while their youth lasted while they could still feel she would go out of england so far away that they couldn't meet she would go to canada and farm all night she lay awake with her mind fixed on the one thought of going away there was nothing else to be done no room for worry or hesitation they couldn't hold out any longer she and gerald strained to the breaking point tortured with the sight of each other as she lay awake there came to her the peace that comes with all immense and clear decisions her mind would never be torn and divided any more and towards morning she fell asleep she woke dulled and bewildered her mind struggled with a sense of appalling yet undefined disaster something had happened overnight she couldn't remember what something had happened no something was going to happen she tried to fall back into sleep fighting against the return of consciousness it came on wave after wave beating her down now she remembered she was going away she would never see gerald again she was going to canada the sharp clear name made the whole thing real and irrevocable it was something that would actually happen soon to her she was going and when she had gone she would not come back she got up and looked out of the window she saw the green fields sloping down to the river and the road and beyond the road to the right the rise of the manor fields and the belt of firs and in her mind more real than they the manor house the garden and the many-coloured hills beyond rolling curve after curve to the straight dark blue horizon the scene that held her childhood all her youth all her happiness that had drawn her back again and again in memory and in dreams making her heart ache how could she leave it how could she live with that pain if she was going to be a coward if she was going to be afraid of pain how was she to escape it how was gerald to escape if she stayed on they would break down together and give in they would be lovers again and again maisie's sweet wounding face would come between them they could never get away from it and in the end their remorse would be as unbearable as their separation she couldn't drag gerald through that agony again no life wasn't worth living if you were a coward and afraid and under all her misery anne had still the sense that life was somehow worth living even if it made you miserable life was either your friend or your enemy if it was your friend you served it if it was your enemy you stood up to it and refused to let it beat you and your enemy became your servant whatever happened your work remained still there would be ploughing and sowing and reaping and ploughing again still the earth waited she thought of the unknown canadian earth that waited for her tilling gerald was not a coward he was not afraid well only afraid of the people he loved getting ill and dying and she was not going to get ill and die she would have to tell him she would go to him in the fields and tell him but before she did that she must make the thing irrevocable so anne wrote to the steamship company booking her passage in two weeks time she wrote to elliot asking him to call at the company's office and see if he could get her a decent cabin she went to wick and posted her letters and then to the far acres field where gerald was watching the ploughing they met at the headland 
they would be safe there on the ploughed land in the open air what is it anne he said nothing i want to talk to you all right her set face her hard voice gave him a premonition of disaster it's simply this she said what happened yesterday mustn't happen again it shan't i swear it shan't i was a beast i lost my head yes but it may happen again we can't go on like this jerry the strain's too awful you mean you can't trust me i can't trust myself and it isn't fair to you oh me that doesn't matter well then say i matter it's the same for me i'm never going to let that happen again i'm going away going away yes and i'm not coming back this time his voice struggled in his throat something choked him he couldn't speak i'm going to canada in a fortnight good god you can't go to canada i can i've booked my passage his face was suddenly sallow white ghastly his heart heaved and he felt sick nothing on earth will stop me won't maisie stop you if you do this she'll know can't you see how it gives us away no it'll only give me away if maisie asks me why i'm going i shall tell her i'm in love with you and that i can't stand it that i'm too unhappy i'd rather she thought i cared for you than that she should think you cared for me she'll think it all the same then i shall have to lie i must risk it oh jerry don't look so awful i've got to go we've settled it that we can't go on deceiving her and we aren't going to make her unhappy there's nothing else to be done except to bear it and how long do you suppose that'll last we can't bear it look at it straight it's all so horribly simple if we were beasts and only thought of ourselves and didn't think of maisie it wouldn't matter to us what we did but we can't be beasts we can't lie to maisie and we can't tell her the truth we can't go on seeing each other without wanting each other unbearably and we can't go on wanting each other without some day giving in it comes back the first minute we're alone and we don't mean to give in so we mustn't see each other that's all can you tell me one other thing i can do but why should it be you why should you get the worst of it because one of us has got to clear out it can't be you so it's got to be me and going away isn't the worst of it it'll be worse for you sticking on here where everything reminds you at least i shall have new things to keep my mind off it nothing will keep your mind off it you'll fret yourself to death no i shan't i shall have too much to do you're not to be sorry for me gerald but you're giving up everything the barrow farm the place you wanted you won't have a thing i don't want things it's easier to chuck them than to hang on to them when they'll remind me really if i could see any other way i'd take it but you can't go you're not fit to go you're ill i shall be all right when i get there what do you think you're going to do in canada it's not as if you've got anything to go for i shall find something i shall work on somebody's ranch first and learn canadian farming then i shall look out for land and buy it i've got stacks of money all grandpapa everett's and the money for the farm stacks i shall get on all right when did you think of all this last night i see i made you no i made myself after all it's the easiest way for you or me for both of us honestly it's the only straight thing i ought to have done it long ago it means never seeing each other again you'll never come back never while we're young when we're both old too old to feel any more then i'll come back some day and we'll be friends 
and still his will beat against hers in vain till at last he stopped sick and exhausted they went together down the ploughed land into the pastures and through the pastures to the mill-water in the opposite field they could see the brown roof and walls of the shelter what are you going to plant in the seven acres field barley he said you can't it was barley last year was it they were silent then gerald struggled with his feeling of deadly sickness anne couldn't trust herself to speak at the barrow farm gate they parted chapter two maisie's eyes looked at him across the table wondering her little drooping mouth was half open with anxiety as if any minute she was going to say something the looking-glass had shown him his haggard and discoloured face a face to frighten her he tried to eat but the sight and smell of hot roast mutton sickened him oh gerald can't you eat it no i can't i'm sorry there's some cold chicken will you have that no thanks try and eat something i can't i feel sick don't sit up then go and lie down i will if you don't mind he went to his room and was sick he lay down in his bed and tried to sleep his head ached violently and every movement made him heave he couldn't sleep he couldn't lie still and presently he got up and went out again up to the far acres field to the ploughing he couldn't overcome the physical sickness of his misery but he could force himself to move to tramp up and down the stiff furrows watching the tractor he kept himself going by the sheer strength of his will the rattle and clank of the tractor ground into his head making it ache again he was stunned with great blows of noise and pain so that he couldn't think he didn't want to think he was glad of the abominable sensations that stopped him he went from field to field avoiding the boundaries of the barrow farm lest he should see anne when the sun set and the land darkened he went home at dinner he tried to eat sickened again and leaned back in his chair he forced himself to sit through the meal talking to maisie when it was over he went to bed and lay awake till the morning the next day passed in the same way and the next night and always he was aware of maisie's sweet face watching him with frightened eyes and an unuttered question he was afraid to tell her that anne was going lest she should put down his illness to his true cause and on the third day when he heard her say she was going to see anne he told her oh gerald she can't really mean it she does mean it i said everything i could to stop her but it wasn't any good she's taken her passage but why why should she want to go i can't tell you why you'd better ask her has anything happened to upset her what on earth should happen oh i don't know when did she tell you this he hesitated it was dangerous to lie when maisie might get the truth from anne the day before yesterday maisie's eyes were fixed on him considering it he knew she was saying to herself that was the day you came home so sick and queer jerry did you say anything to upset her no i can't think how she could want to go nor i but she's going i shall go down and see if i can't make her stay do but you won't if i can't he said chapter three maisie went down early in the afternoon to see anne she couldn't think how anne could want to leave the barrow farm house when she had just got into it when they had all made it so nice for her she couldn't think how she could leave them when she cared for them when she knew how they cared for her you do care for us anne oh yes i care and you wanted the farm 
i can't understand your going just when you've got it when you've settled in and when gerald took all that trouble to make it nice for you it isn't like you anne i know it must seem awful of me but i can't help it maisie darling i've got to go you mustn't try and stop me it only makes it harder then it is hard you don't really want to go of course i don't but i must maisie meditated trying to make it out is it is it because you're unhappy anne didn't answer you are unhappy you've been unhappy ever so long can't we do anything no nobody can do anything it isn't said maisie at last anything to do with gerald you wouldn't ask me that maisie if you didn't know it was perhaps i do know do you care for him very much anne yes i care for him very much and i can't stand it it's so bad that you've got to go away it's so bad that i've got to go away that's very brave of you or very cowardly no you couldn't be a coward oh anne darling i'm so sorry don't be sorry it's my own fault i'd no business to get into this state don't let's talk about it maisie all right i won't but i'm sorry only one thing it it hasn't made you hate me has it you know it hasn't oh anne you are beautiful i'm anything but if you only knew she had got beyond the pain of maisie's goodness maisie's trust no possible blow from maisie's mind could hurt her now nothing mattered maisie's trust and goodness didn't matter since she had done all she knew since she was going away since she would never see gerald again never till their youth was gone and they had ceased to feel chapter four that afternoon eliot arrived at wick manor his coming was his answer to anne's letter he went over to the barrow farm about five o'clock when anne's work would be done anne was still out and he waited till she should come back as he waited he looked round her room this he thought was the place that anne had set her heart on having for her own it was the home they had made for her something terrible must have happened before she could bring herself to leave it she must have been driven to the breaking point she was broken gerald must have driven and broken her he heard her feet on the flagged path on the threshold of the house she stood in the doorway of the room looking at him startled eliot what are you doing there waiting for you you must have known i'd come to say good-bye that was nice of you no not to say good-bye i should come to see you off if you were going but i am going you've seen about my birth haven't you no i haven't we've got to talk about it first he looked dead tired she remembered that she was his hostess have you had tea no you're going to give me some then we'll talk about it talking won't be a bit of good i think it may be he said she rang the bell and they waited she gave him his tea and while they ate and drank he talked to her about the weather and the land and about his work and the book he had just finished on amoebic dysentery and about colin and how well he was now neither of them spoke of gerald or of maisie when the tea-things were cleared away he leaned back and looked at her with his kind deep-set attentive eyes she loved eliot's eyes and his queer clever face that was so like and so unlike his father's so utterly unlike gerald's you needn't tell me why you're going he said at last i've seen gerald did he tell you no you've only got to look at him to see do you think maisie sees i can't tell you she isn't stupid she must wonder why you're going like this i told her 
i told her i was in love with gerald what did she say nothing only that she was sorry i told her so that she mightn't think he cared for me she needn't know that she isn't stupid he said again no but she's good she trusts him so she trusted me elliot that was the worst of it the way she trusted us that broke us down of course she trusted you did you you know i did and yet she said i believe you knew you knew all the time if i didn't i know now everything everything how because of my going away is that it not altogether i've seen you happy and i've seen you unhappy i've seen you with gerald i've seen you with maisie nobody else would have seen it but i did because i know you so well and because i was afraid of it besides you almost told me yes and you said it wouldn't make any difference does it no none i know whatever you did you wouldn't do it only for yourself you did this for gerald and you were unhappy because of it no no i was happy we were only unhappy afterwards because of maisie it was so awful going on deceiving her hiding it and lying i feel as if everything i said and did then was a lie that was how i was punished not being able to tell the truth and i could have borne even that if it wasn't for gerald but he hated it too and made him wretched i know it did if you hadn't been so fine it wouldn't have punished you the horrible thing was knowing what i'd done to gerald making him hide and lie oh what you've done to gerald you've done him nothing but good you've made him finer than he could possibly have been without you i've made him frightfully unhappy not unhappier than he's made you and it's what he had to be i told you long ago gerald wouldn't be any good till he'd suffered damnably well he has suffered damnably and he's got a soul because of it he hadn't much of one before he loved you how do you mean i mean he used to think of nothing but his own happiness now he's thinking of nothing but maisie's and yours he loves you better than himself he even loves maisie better i mean he thinks more of her than he did before he loved you there are two people that he cares for more than himself he cares more for his own honour than he did and for yours and that's your doing just think how you'd have wrecked him if you'd been a different sort of woman no because then he wouldn't have cared for me no i believe he wouldn't he chose well you were always much too good to me no anne i want you to see this thing straight and to see yourself as you really are not to go back on yourself i don't go back on myself that would be going back on gerald i'm sorry because of maisie that's all if i'd had an ounce of sense i'd never have known her i'd have gone off to some place not too far away where gerald could have come to me and where i should never have seen maisie that's what i should have done we should both have been happy then yes gerald would have been happy and he wouldn't have saved his soul and he'd have been deceiving maisie all the time you don't really wish you'd done that anne no not now and i'm not unhappy about maisie now i'm going away i'm giving gerald up i can't do more than that you wouldn't have to go away anne if you'd do what i want and marry me you said perhaps you might if you had to save gerald did i i don't think i did you've forgotten and i haven't you don't know what an appalling thing you're doing you're leaving everything and everybody you ever cared for you'll die of sheer unhappiness nonsense elliot you know perfectly well that people don't die of unhappiness they die of accidents and diseases and old age 
i shall die of old age and i'll be back in twenty years time if i've seen it through twenty years the best years of your life you'll be desperately lonely you don't know what it'll be like oh yes i do i've been lonely before now and i've saved myself by working yes in england where you could see some of us sometimes but out there with people you never saw before people who may be brutes they needn't be he went on relentlessly people you don't care for and never will care for you've never really cared for anybody but us i haven't i'm going because i care i can't let jerry go on like that i've got to end it you're going simply to save gerald so that you can never go back to him don't you see that if you married me you'd both be safe you couldn't go back if you were married to me gerald wouldn't take you from me if you were married to me you wouldn't break faith with me if you had children you wouldn't break faith with them nothing could keep you safer i can't elliot nothing's changed i belong to gerald i always have belonged to him it isn't anything physical even if i'm separated from him thousands of miles i shall belong to him still my mind or soul or whatever the thing is can't get away from him you say if i belong to you i couldn't give myself to gerald if i belong to gerald how can i give myself to you i see it's like that is it it's like that eliot said no more he knew when he was beaten chapter five maisie sat alone in her own room thinking it over she didn't know yet that eliot had come he had arrived while she was with anne and she had missed him on the way to barrow farm driving up by the hill road while he walked down through the fields she didn't think of gerald all at once her mind was taken up with anne and anne's unhappiness she could see nothing else she remembered how adeline had told her that anne was in love with gerald she had said it was funny when she was a little thing anne had loved him all her life then all her life she had had to do without him maisie thought perhaps he would have loved her and married her if it hadn't been for me and yet anne had loved her that was anne's beauty she wondered next if anne had been in love with gerald all that time and if they had all seen it all the fieldings in john severn how was it that she had never seen it she had seen nothing but a perfect friendship and she had tried to keep it for them in all its perfection so that neither of them should miss anything because gerald had married her she remembered how happy anne had been when she first knew her and she thought if she was happy then why is she unhappy now if she loved gerald all her life if she had done without him all her life why go away now unless something had happened it was then that maisie thought of gerald and his sad drawn face and his sudden sickness the other day that was the day he had been with anne when she had told him that she was going away he had never been the same since he had neither slept nor eaten maisie had all the pieces of the puzzle loose before her and at first sight not one of them looked as if it would fit but this piece under her hand fitted gerald's illness joined on to anne's going with a terrible dread in her heart maisie put the two things together and saw the third thing gerald was ill because anne was going away he wouldn't be ill unless he cared for her and another thing anne was going away not because she cared but because gerald cared therefore she knew that he cared for her therefore he had told her that was what had happened when she had put all the pieces into their places she would have the whole story 
but maisie didn't want to know any more she had enough to make her heart break she still clung to her belief in their goodness they were unhappy because they had given each other up and under all her thinking like a quick running pain there went her premonition of its end she remembered that they had been happy once when she first knew them if they were unhappy now because they had given each other up had they been happy then because they hadn't for a moment she asked herself were they and was afraid to finish and answer her own question it was enough that they were all unhappy now and that none of them would ever be happy again not anne not gerald their unhappiness didn't bear thinking of and in thinking of it maisie forgot her own her heart shook her breast with its beating and for a moment she wondered whether her pain was beginning again then the thought of anne and gerald and herself and of their threefold undivided misery came upon her annihilating every other thought as if all that was physical in maisie were subdued by the intensity of her suffering with the coming of the supreme emotion her body had no pain End of part 19 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine